Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Shira. And we would like to welcome you to another episode of the Black Married and Debt Free podcast. Welcome aboard. Uh, Shira, how are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. You know, um, I got some, I was going to say gardening work, but yeah, it's not gardening. We have some plants in front of our house that are just growing out of control. And so Marcus bought me an electric cutter. So I got some work in in the front yard this morning. I'm feeling good about that. Shia, you've been really getting it in out there. Uh, almost every day you're out there cutting those bushes. So Yes. Um, I mean, they must work. be eating good. I mean, they're <laughs> growing. They're flourishing. flourishing. Um, yeah. But yeah. thank you. So it's nice to have another tool. Yes. yes. It'll hopefully you? make everything easier. Yeah. And, well, I don't know about easier, but possibly. Right. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, you know, Sean, I'm doing okay. I'm uh we missed last week's episode because uh, we had a very busy week that we're going to get into. But today, I can breathe. You know what I mean? Uh, it's It's been a busy beginning of this week, but today I have a little time. So, man, we wanted to definitely get this podcast in, you know, for our listeners. Yes, I'm excited. I enjoy this time because mm-hmm. we're with our listeners and we're also having a time to, you know, our time to talk to. So, yep. um. Always look forward to these chats. And um, so if you've been following us online or checking out our podcast, then you already know that um, we purchased um, our fourth rental property. And so we're really excited about that. And one thing about us is that you all are experiencing this journey with us. So it's not like we are completely at the mountaintop and now we're going back and telling you how we did it. I mean, we do that in terms of our debt payoff. Um, but as far as this new wealth building part of our life, like it's new for us and you're hearing it as we are actually living it out. And so I'm kind of grateful for that. And so I hope that as you, you know, are checking out this podcast that you're making moves in your own life so that we are building wealth together yes and, and we're going to go through some questions there, but we want to i want to say this too shy it's like even though you might not have all of the answers you know don't necessarily wait on someone to spoon feed you how to do this right we're going to go through some questions and we get a lot of questions um and we're going to do our best to share but you know and we have some things in the works that we're going to share on a larger scale but until then Get your study on, uh, look at others who are doing it, get your questions answered and get out there and, you know, put some action behind those, uh, those ideas and those goals when it comes to real estate. Cause Shire, like we always talk about it. There's some things you're only going to learn once you do it, you can prepare, 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 but then, you know, you have to go through the process too. 
Yeah. And it really sounds like you're speaking to um, procrastination that sometimes we all have. And sometimes we say, well, I'm going to wait on an answer. I'm going to I'm going to keep putting off this goal, whether it's real estate investing or just Mm -hmm. maybe it's investing in a 401k or opening up a Roth IRA or whatever it might be in your life. In general, we are always encouraging you all to press forward. And so um, the first thing I want to talk about before we jump into the questions is to just get some background on this house. Let's get into it. Now, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Marcus bought this house behind my back. Okay. (laughs) That's and And I knew like, as you were starting Marcus, like I, I knew you were talking about getting a a fourth home. Mm -hmm. We, that was not in our time line. We were definitely ahead of our timeline. It was not in our, it was not in my spreadsheet. Mm -mm. You know, but I didn't say anything. I just kind of watched and I just wanted to see how this was going to play out because I thought maybe you're just talking. Maybe I was like, where is he getting the money? And And I'm shocked. I'm shocked that you let this happen. Yeah. Because Shire is very hands on. Shire wants to know just she's very into the particulars, you know. And I just got excited one night and I started doing all this research and I was like, man, we could really, we got enough to get another house if we just pull from this. You keep saying we. Yeah, we, because this is our empire together. I'm going to stick beside you. Okay, continue. (laughs) Continue. So I was like, man, we could do this. We could do this. And so I uh, apply for financing. Now, uh, sidebar, we do uh, get these homes through conventional loan, right? So with the conventional loan, as an investor property, you need to put 20% down. So I was like, well, we have it, you know, and we can do this and we can, the numbers make sense to where we could come out cash flowing in the same way that our other houses have. Well, let's but stop this there. this was very much ahead of schedule. No, I didn't think and that. And I jumped the gun. Well, I don't, I didn't think that we had the money because we just, we had just, per, we purchased the rental property earlier this year. So right. I didn't know where you're getting the money from and I didn't ask. Yeah. So we'll get like, there. Were you selling drugs? No, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just joking. But yeah, that's a good one. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. And so I just told Shire, I was like, Shire, first of all, Shire, you do know that. There has to be enough money somewhere and enough reserve somewhere. So the thing is, is when you apply for uh, financing for an investment property, they want you to have the down payment. They want to see proof of down payment amount and they want to see that you have a 10 K plus nest egg somewhere for, you know, just to make them feel better. They're not going to just give you money. Right. But you have to say, depending on your lender, who your lender is on your lender. Thank you, Shire. The lender we went with, Wells Fargo, shout out to them. We're going to be doing some work with them soon. Uh, That's another story for another day. But Wells Fargo, they want to see 10K. I know that about them. So, Shire, for us to get qualified and for me to come back and say, Shire, we got qualified. We can do this. You had to know something's up. We got some money sitting somewhere. He's pulling some money from somewhere that I'm not sure. What were you thinking at this time? Because you seemed excited, too. Well, you said that you that we were you said that we were pre-approved, and so I said, "Well, if the bank is going to give you the money, then okay." But I didn't actually know right where you were going. I didn't know where the the money was, or where, I didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> she looks visibly like a bit <laughs> a bit perplexed even now. Because if I would have known, I might have. We would have had some more conversation. We might. I don't know if I would have been. 100% down with the way that you went about it, but maybe, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and, and Shire, 
honestly, we have been talking more about some independence within our individual retirement. Uh, you know, we do have money. A lot of our money comes from a pool of money that we've created together. But then we spoke uh, earlier this year about, hey, you know what, Marcus, if you're leaning more towards, the, you know, this investment vehicle, you know, as long as you're investing, as long as we're the goal is still the goal, there's some wiggle room there. And we had that conversation. We did. This year. I remember that conversation. I think you were kind of, you know, getting on my nerves a little bit. I, she gave me a little more leash. You yeah. are getting like not anxious, but you just have a goal and you want to work towards that goal. And you don't want to feel like you have to ask for permission to do the things that you want to do. And I understand that. I appreciate so that. Ju- so tell everybody what you did. So <laughs> we qualify for the house and we're going somewhere. Y'all this might be a little bit longer of a podcast. No, I'm saying. <laughs> but I came home. I told you, I was like, Shire, we qualified. I'm going to get another house. I'm going to get the fourth house. And you were just like, okay. I was shocked. I think you just got tired of having the conversation because like we said on other podcasts, sometimes I will bring an idea. You bring an idea to your spouse. Your spouse is like, I don't think that's a good idea, but you got to be consistent. If this was something you really, really want. Give them more information. Uh, oh, shy, you know, check this out. Look at this. Look at this. Just stay consistent. If the first time your spouse says, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. If you let it go, you weren't serious. Marcus, I don't think that you asked for permission for this one. I think this is something that you wanted to do and you did it. And I was silent. You yeah. know? And it's not that, oh, I regret being silent. No, no, no. I, yeah. I said, I said, you know, let's just see how this plays out. Right. I hope I didn't say anything like to discourage you. I felt no. like I was you were going great. with the flow. Yeah, you were great. So long story short, I went through the whole process and Shara was like, okay, this time you're going to go. Once this all plays out, you're going to be the one doing the wrap up and oh, you're not telling people what you did doing all this. Okay. I'll tell everybody. Are so, you going to wait? What are you doing? I was trying to build it up. Okay. Well, go this, ahead. He's building it. Y'all drum roll. Come on. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you're going to do all the, the, the travel, the, the, the travel. As far as paperwork is concerned, I usually do that anyway on every house, but Shara's like comes into the back end and like sees the house and, it puts her at peace, you know. Like, no, okay, you, usually solid. I, I mean, I help to select the investment. You do, you do. But I think this time you chose the house, which I'm happy with. But uh, let's share with the people, Shara. I did. It was a collaborative effort. You were, you were informed at every step of the process. You signed documents. Here's Shara. Here's the house. I want to put an offer on this. What do you think about this one? That offer got a decline. Here's a second one. You were involved. Okay. <laughs> Okay, y'all. So, anyway, long story short, we get the house. Everything goes great. Uh, we close with the uh, with a notary in our area, the lawyer closing attorney in the state of Alabama where we purchased the home. Got us a local notary. Local notary closed at home. Everything's good. I went to see the house last week. That's. Long story short, that's why we didn't have a pod last week. Um, now, to what Shire's talking about. I purchased this home. I got the, the down payment for this home from my Roth IRA. How did I do that? So a Roth IRA, uh, you can't, it's, it's, it's funded with after-tax dollars, which means it's already taxed. So that money that you put in can be withdrawn 
without penalty and without uh, tax implication at the end of the year. So I tapped into some of that. It's called create being creative, just like we tapped into some of the equity in our home to get our first property. So I, I wanted to do this. You know, I felt that this money can can serve dual purposes and could be better used here. And so I made that decision and that's how I did it. And I didn't know until when did you tell me like. I told you, Shire didn't want to know. I was like, Shire, do you want to know how we're doing this? I don't know I don't what he was know. doing. I don't want to know. I trust you. Like, all right. And it feels good for somebody to trust you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. And so I told you after I came back from yeah. looking at the house. So we had closed, waited a few days, visited, came back. So we announced it on Facebook or Instagram yesterday. Uh, a lot of uh, p- positive comments and people saying thanks for the motivation. So that was really great. And with that, we got a lot of questions. Yeah. And I mean, I just want to go back a little bit because I mean, I think using funds from your Roth IRA is a creative way to obtain real estate. I don't think it's something that people think about on Mm -hmm. a regular basis. I'm not at the point to where I'm ready to go into my Roth and do the same. But I think that I think ultimately it worked out with you doing it. Yes. And so it's a, it's a, it's a battle because when you're investing in the stock market, Roth IRAs, uh, uh, you know, 401ks, things of that nature, you're trying to get your build, your investment to a certain number for, before you can retire. Uh, a lot of you've heard us talk about a fire number, uh, financially independent, retire early number. That's a, that's a number that you need. It may be $1.5 million so that you can, you know, live from this time to this time. It may be $2 million. Everyone's number is different based on their lifestyle. So with investing in your Roths and your 401ks, we're trying to hit a big number so that we can start to withdraw and live with real estate. I look at that as a cash flow number. So if I can create enough cash flow to cover my monthly expenses, I can retire then as well. And so it's a kind of a, we, me and Shire do a nice delicate dance between the two. And I think for me, I think I can achieve that cash flow number a little sooner than I can achieve this large uh, fire number. Well, you know, I think that that's, I think that's debatable. I think it's definitely debatable. I think that's debatable. I think when you're saving in your 401k or whatever it is that you're investing in and say you want that 1.5 million, that 1.5 million produces cash flow. Your rental property produces cash flow at the end of the, at the end of the day, they will both um, produce income right. that you need to be able to pay your expenses. Now, whether one should go all real estate or all market, I'm not even giving a recommendation on that. Yep. I think that we try to spread our risk out. Yes, we do invest, you know, quite a bit of our income into, you know, index funds, and we. And we do real estate as well, but you know, you're really motivated by real estate and I am too. And with real estate, you, you get that instant gratification. Let's just be honest about it. I mean, you take money from your Roth IRA, you get a house, 
you know, uh, you go see the house, that's fun, that's exciting. Um, you already have a property manager in place and in a few weeks, it's likely that the house will be rented. You'll start getting your checks immediately. So you get that instant gratification, whereas you don't necessarily get that instant gratification if you're investing in your 401k, like mm-hmm. you're pushing it off. And then one day it'll be like, Ooh, I'm so glad that I, that yes. I, that I saved. So I think that folks, they just really have to find the vehicle that works best for them. You know, all investments have risk. Real estate has risk. Yes. Investing in market has risk. And so right now, as Marcus was saying, we're going to answer some questions. And we hope that in answering these questions, if you decide to take the path of real estate, that it will help to minimize your risk um, just by having this knowledge. So one of the questions that we received is, how much do you need to put down to buy a rental property? Great question. Great question. Uh, let's Let's use round numbers. Uh, well, I think you should you know start what? with the our, percentage our... that is generally required. Okay, so if you're for for us, we're buy we like to buy out of state. So if we're going to buy out of state, which means you're not going to live on the property, you need to put twenty percent down the total price of the home mm-hmm. for a down payment. So I'll, let's use real numbers. The last home we got, we got for sixty thousand dollars. Shire, you got a calculator handy? Because I am terrible at math. Oh, my goodness. Um, So 60000 You put 000. down $12,000. So you put down 12000 plus you're going to have your closing costs. If you don't negotiate the seller plane closing, you're going to have your closing costs. Our closing costs was a little over $2,000. So it was like a rip, like close to $2,000. I think we paid $14 and like... $14? I mean, $14,000 and like, you know, two, you know some some change (laughs) yeah so you really have to start thinking about your budget and what kind of house that you want to buy and then also what kind of house you can actually afford Mm -hmm. and so one of the things that we used to do before we even purchased a home was we would go on zillow i would just you could type in you type in any state you Mm -hmm. know type in a state and then look for houses that were in a certain price range and just see what that particular budget, um, what you could afford, you know, um, with, with whatever budget you might be working on. So it will depend on your lender. So we're not saying that all lenders are the same, but in general, as Marcus said, you're going to have to put down that 20%. And then also sometimes you have the option to like buy your interest rate down. Mm -hmm. So you can buy points. And so that's another thing to consider, but in general, you know, please plan for 20% down plus some reserves in the bank because that is what your lender is looking for. Yes. They want to make sure that you're not spending your last dime, you know, when you're buying a rental property. And that's also important because once you acquire that rental property, you are responsible for anything that could potentially go wrong. So like repair. So be thinking of getting your 20% down and then also having some cushion there because that is what lenders want to see. Yeah. And, and those cushions could, could be investments because they, you can put uh, liquid money or money that's a little less liquid. They look at all of that. And I will say this, we're talking about uh, an investment property that you're not living in. If you will be living in the home, let's say you're doing a house hack situation, that's a much lesser, uh, much lower down payment. You're buying a multi-unit home, that uh, four units and down is still considered a single dwelling and you live in one side and you rent out the other three, 
You only need three point. You could get that for an FHA loan that it can be as low as three point five percent. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind too. Okay, uh, that's a great on. point. Um, so another question that we got is, are properties rented? And then how long does it take to get a renter? So I will say that um, three of our four properties are rented. The fourth property is not rented yet. Um, we are lucky in that our property manager will handle some minor things that need to be taken care of before someone actually moves in. So like when markets went down, you know, there were some closet doors that were missing, you know, and just uh, some other little things. I know that Marcus got a lot of video footage. And so if you follow us on YouTube, um, yes. expect that video to be coming out soon so you can do the tour of the house as well. So so once those minor cosmetic things are taken care of, we are usually able to get a renter in with in, I would say, maybe a month or mm-hmm. even sooner. So one of the things that is important for us is that we buy homes that are moving ready. And that is because we are out of state. And so we cannot really oversee a large, um, renovation or large projects. Mm -hmm. And sometimes property managers will will offer that and they'll say, yeah, we do these projects, but for us, we just feel much more comfortable, um, you know, having the standard home inspection and kind of making sure that it's, it is as moving ready as possible. Yes. So a drawback to that is we don't always get properties on a huge discount. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if a house is, you know, not really looking good, you can, you, there's more negotiating power. You might be able to get it at a lower, a lower cost. So, you know, that's something that's a pill that we swallow, you know? Yeah. Um, but we try our best to get a move and ready property, which actually speeds up the process to actually getting a renter. So yeah. in the long run, we get someone in there fast, you know, we don't have to make the mortgage payment, you know, usually we're collecting the first and last month's rent. And so, you know, um, that is what has worked for us. And the turnaround time is pretty quick. And Sharon, I'm going to say this, what sparked this fourth home? Because we bought a home in March. We bought another one. Uh, was it four months later? Mm-hmm. what sparked the process for me wanting to do another one was how fast we got a renter in the third property. And when we got that rent check, when that rent check hit the account, I got high. Marcus. I, something happened to me. I said, this is too easy. This is too easy. Uh huh. I just made until as long as I want or until the house is paid down, then I'll make more. I'm making cash flow. some odd dollars. I was like, this is too easy. I got to do this again. And so, and that is how wealth building should be. mm -hmm. Right. It's not just about grind, grind, grind. Mm -hmm. Like you want to see the benefits. You want to see, you want to, you want to see some cash flow. You want to reap the the benefits, but it also goes back to what I said about that instant gratification. You know, we love instant gratification, but I also like from a spouse perspective, I like to see you excited about you, like what you're I doing. Appreciate that, man. So That's anywho. Beautiful. Okay. So this is a hard question. Okay. And, um, this question is what costs do people often overlook when it comes to real estate investing? So I think that this is a really great question because even though you might not know everything, you want to have an idea of what you're getting into. Yeah. So like, what do you think are some of the costs that people overlook? 
all right. So I'm going to take a, a person that is investing in, in a house that's uh that is a uh, turnkey that's ready to go, right? Or they assume it's ready to go. Mm-hmm. I think it's those little things, those little things, because for us, when you see a property via pictures and online and all this kind of stuff, it could look good. It's like, oh, that's solid. But when you really get there, you see the little things. Okay, mm-hmm. this needs a smoke detector. Okay, uh, this door, uh, this uh, storm door d- handle doesn't doesn't lock correctly. This doesn't, and before you know it, this outlet's not working. You know, before you know it, you you you've you've got a nice little project on your hands. Even with something that you thought was, man, all I got to do is sign the papers and move somebody in there. Right, Car- carpet needs to be clean. This and that, this and that. So you have to know. Okay, uh, there's gonna there may be some minor things that have to take place. Then when you turn over to a property manager, they have to start uh, maintaining your lawn, right? They have to clean up any garbage that was left out. They have to make it ready for an individual, a deep cleaning. So these are things that cost money. Turning on your utilities, you have to turn on utilities. A lot of utilities companies say, okay, we need $100 up front for turn on your utilities, Mr. Murray. Uh, you may have to pay the first month of the utilities while you find a renter. So those are things that you want to be uh, considering Shara, what you got? I see you. Got yeah. Um, cause as you were talking, I was thinking about how sometimes people will enhance pictures that they upload for the property. You ever see pictures of a property in like the sky? The sky look just, it just looked like, wow. Like heaven. Exactly. And we and, did that when we put our house on the market. <laughs> yeah. And, and we, but we weren't like, we weren't trying to manipulate, but right. we wanted, when we were selling our home, we wanted the house look as, best as it could and so sometimes people do that so that is really important to know um and then also um having the right knowing the right questions to ask your real estate agent Mm -hmm. is really important so like some of the things that you mentioned about doors you know so the real estate agent might not think to tell you about every single door because you will have a real estate agent they might not think to tell you about those things and those things if they're small, they might get missed on a home inspection. So definitely be thinking about the little things and the people who are boots on the ground, your real estate agent, your home inspector, like ask them even these little detailed questions. When Marcus went into the fourth home, the first thing I asked you was, how does, how it, does smell? it smell? How does it smell? You can't right? smell via, uh, via picture. <laughs> exactly. You can't smell via picture. And the smell of the home, I mean, it might there's not really a smell box, you know, yeah. in the report. So just thinking about, you know, the little things is really yeah. important. Um, some other things that we have noted um, is the cost of property taxes and home insurance. Mm-hmm. I know there are some states who have really, really high property taxes and we're Ooh. just not ever going to invest there. So be looking at, Look that. at that, man. That's, that's crucial. Yes. And so, um, even get a quote, you know, call some insurance companies and say, Hey, I'm looking in this area. What are the, you know, what are the going rates? Um, of course, maintenance and repairs. Um, Marcus spoke to that. And another thing that I'll mention is the cost of not having good credit. So especially when you're seeking financing, so you really need to demonstrate that you are credit worthy. And if you don't, um, demonstrate that get right it will reflect in your interest rate which equals a higher monthly payment and less money in your pocket each month so i think that those are a few so there definitely yeah. could be others um but we talked about okay the cost of the home inspection the cost yes. of the appraisal 
Um, your due diligence to put an off as soon as your author author excuse me as soon as your offer is accepted, you need to drop you know due diligence money, and that can that can be a hundred dollars, it can be a thousand dollars. For us, it's been five hundred, but yeah, you're gonna need that. Okay, Mr. Murray, they accept your offer. We need a five hundred dollar check. Ship uh, FedEx next day. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh shoot, okay, yeah, I didn't know that, <laughs> you know. Okay, so. so we really wanted to make this episode um, worth it, mm-hmm. and so um, Marcus. So we talked about Marcus buying his house behind my back, y'all. Yes, he did. <laughs> um, but I also wanted to share an example of how an aggressive person, a person working aggressively in real estate might actually be able to retire in 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so um, we are using homes, the a home price of an area that we're investing in now. So many of you know, we went from North Carolina to now we're in the deep South, you know, um, investing in Alabama. But I definitely wanted to, to take you through this example and um, just kind of get your thoughts so of how a person might retire in 10 years. Okay, so the home purchase price that I'm looking at is the house that is $70,000. So this house is actually $10,000 more than the house that we just purchased. Mm-hmm. The 20% down payment, $14,000. The loan is 56000 And let's say we're able to get an interest of 3.75%, which is okay. actually really good. So with those numbers, our monthly total, our monthly payment is two fifty nine. Mm-hmm. I'm adding in forty four dollars a month for property taxes. I'm adding in thirty dollars a month for home insurance, and then I have um, fees like management fees. I've just listed it as seventy five dollars. And then let's say that we're just gonna save fifty dollars a month for our reserve. Mm-hmm. And so when I add all that, when I consider all of those um, expenses. Our total expenses equal four hundred fifty-eight dollars, mm-hmm. and um, say we're able to rent this house out for seven hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. So on this particular house, in this example, our monthly profit is two hundred ninety-two dollars, or three thousand five hundred four dollars a year. So one of the things that we like to tell people is that one house is not going to change your life Mm -hmm. and that you really should have a long-term plan with appreciation. Now, having an extra $3,500 in your pocket is good. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's not scoff at that $3,500. But we wanted to see how long it would take to actually retire. Yes. And so using that same monthly profit model of $292 a month, Let's say we were able to get two houses per year and I'm going to encourage folks that are listening and let them know that getting two houses a year is doable. I mean, we were able to do it. It's July. We've purchased two homes this year. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're able to do two houses per year and let's say you did that for 10 years. So if you did that for 10 years, um, your monthly profit um, would essentially be 5,000. $840 $840 a month. And if you times that by 12 months, you're looking at a little over of, you're looking at a total, a little bit over $70,000 a year. Mm. So if you're able to get two houses per year for 10 years, you're looking at a take home of around $70,000. Wow. So I will preface this by saying that this is a simplification. Yes. And where you, um, where you invest 
you know, the matters. matters and the prices might be a little bit higher. I mean, your take home might be a little bit higher or a little bit lower. Um, but I mean, how does that sound? I mean, 10 Sounds years, amazing. 70K. Something that this doesn't account for, Shire, is uh, aside from me jumping the gun, uh, what this doesn't account for is what uh, our real estate plan and a plan like this can do. And that is your cash flow can buy more real estate for you. So in our situation, we had a plan for our cash flow to eventually buy the next property. And then for that to compound and build our portfolio. So if you're patient, like I was not on this fourth house, you don't have to come out of pocket, right? Now, if you do, or if you're able to supplement and speed up the process by buying another home, of course, that would only help to accelerate things. But if you really wanted to let the real estate buy you more real estate, that's the beauty of a plan like this. Right. And I'm not even saying that you're living off the income, but this is what the income will look like over Mm -hmm. a period of 10 years if you took this strategy. So you, by all means, could throughout this 10 year process, say you have a nine to five, keep working your nine to five if that's what you want to do and not live off the income as you're describing and use it to purchase more homes. So yes, maybe you're grinding at first. Maybe right. you're picking up those side hustles. I mean, I know one point Marcus, he drove for Uber. You can check out the video on our, on our YouTube channel to learn about his experience. But eventually, yes, you're absolutely right. You get to a point to where, um, the business is handling, you know, everything on yes. its own. And so that's the beauty of it. Shire. Now, did you have, did you have any more questions or was that, uh, all the questions we have for, uh, for the real estate piece? I mean, that's the highlight. Okay. That's the highlight. And the fact that we talked about the barriers, we talked about what to look for, how to, um, and how real estate can really pay off in the long run. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think I'm trying to think there was something else I wanted to say, but it slipped my mind. I'm getting old. Um, yeah. I mean, this has been a great podcast so far, Shire, and uh, I'm, I'm excited, excited about the future, excited about what's to come. And if you are, and if you guys have enjoyed this episode, do us a huge favor. You know, just don't, consume and consume and not uh, give Uh, do us a huge favor pay us with reviews all you have to do is uh, give this podcast a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening and that helps us to be more visible and to be uh, more fine viewable findable it's not a word but be more visible so others can find a podcast as well um sorry anything in closing no um just thank you all for listening and um i'm I'm curious to hear what people think about you buying a house behind my back. I'll have to do a blog about this. Yeah, let us know, y'all. Let us know. <laughs> Follow us on YouTube. We'll have the video uh, dropping soon. I'm going to actually edit that probably this week, this weekend. So, all right. For Black Mary Dead Free, this is Marcus Murray, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Shira. And we're going to holler at y'all on the next one. Peace. Bye.